Oh, really? You just recorded some bullshit? There we go. We working. We working. We working. Who's working? We working. Who working? We working. Who working? We working. How hard? Hardly. We hardly working. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Imagine the first guy who ever said, are you working hard or hardly working? I bet that was fucking hilarious. The first time the guy said that. Do you think that was in the 1800s? <laughs> I mean... I feel like it was said in the 1800s, but nobody had a sense of humor in the 1800s, right. and they didn't know what humor was. So when they said it, the guy just looked at him like, I'm gonna fuck you. No, the guy... Yeah, the guy who first said it was like a king's jester, and the king was like, bring the jester in. And the jester's dancing and fucking juggling apples, and, and the king goes... You don't understand how hard of work it is ruling a kingdom, Jester. And the Jester, being a Jester, goes, Oh, sire, are you working hard? Are you hardly working? And then the king had his head cut off immediately. I know, dude. Off with his fucking being, head. How worried is the Jester every day when he gets up, dude? Would you I rather, thought I had anxiety. <laughs> would, yeah, that Jester just needs to hop in a cold shower before that day. Would you rather be the Jester for the king or the a poison tester guy the guy that has to eat the food before him definitely the jester uh here's a here's a feeling you don't want to feel you're doing your jester thing your little song and dance king not laughing <laughs> not smiling you're yeah, like wow that's i'll take that over eat this see if it's poisoned actually that's the best job in the world until it's not right until, until it's, it's not it's the best job well, because you're just partying with a king. and You don't have to it. do anything. You just have to eat. Well, and if... I'm going to take back my answer and say, tasting the poison. But if the king's rivals know that he has a poison tester, they're probably going to try to kill him some other way. So you're probably just going to be eating food. No big yeah. deal. No big whoop. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it, poison tester. Because <laughs> the jester, dude, that's a lot of work. Got to make everybody laugh all the time. Fuck that. <laughs> Here's what you don't want to do. Audition for the poison tester gig. They're like, well, now, would you like to ask us any questions? Like, yeah, what happened to the last guy? All I do for the first, like, 10 minutes of the podcast is see how puffy and fat my face looks on this fucking Skype. And then you have to reach the acceptance level where you just accept it. I think eventually you just, your eye gets used to it. It's like when you when you see somebody who's, like, horribly deformed. At first, you're just like, oh, and then eventually you just kind of get used to it. I mean, you never get totally used to it, but you kind of get conditioned. So that's the way I am with the way I look. When I brush my teeth every morning and every evening, I stand to the side of the mirror so I can't look in the mirror. <laughs> I swear to God. I believe I you. just move right to the side. I just look at my door. I'm like, well, I listen to a podcast usually. So I'm like, well, I'm just listening to stuff. I'm I'm okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a monster. Dude, I when I look at myself in the mirror... I have a way of looking at myself where I look the best that I can possibly look. But if I turn in any, if I shift at all, even minutely, <laughs> I like go from like, it's like one of those weird, like optical illusions. Like in one, like I look good and then I turn and I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. I don't even play with that fire. I don't play with that black magic. Oh, I, I fucking deal with the dark, dark arts of that shit. <laughs> and then dude, like I, when I drop my daughter off at, in the morning, I usually talk to the greeter. Um, she's become 
kind of like a friend of me and my wife's. That's and the third job in the king's court. There's the poison like, sester, the jester, and the fucking greeter. But I like occasionally, like where I'm sta- where I stand, because I have to like socially distance. Like every once in a while, I'll look and I'll see myself in the window, and it's just basically a straight side shot of me. And I'm like, ooh, who's that old beer bellied piece of shit? Oh. That's me. Well, I, I I avoid all of those reflections. I know where they all are. I, I've scoped them out, bro. When I was Dude, voting, once you know where all the reflections are, you just avoid them all. When I when I was voting a few weeks ago, you know, long ass line. It took forever, and there was a a part of the line where you had to stand in front of a a pretty nice reflection of yourself. Right. And I knew it was fucking coming. I knew it was coming, and I knew what I was going to do when I got there. Not look at it. Look at my phone, because. What's amazing, though, dude, is how many people admired themselves in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, amazingly unattractive people. Most people are unattractive, and that's okay. So I don't mean that in necessarily a mean way, but I'm telling you, just as a matter of, of fact, these people were not attractive. They were admiring themselves in the reflection. I wouldn't even look in that direction, dude. Here's what you and me do. We wear what we call the sweet shield. What we do is we dress in black, then we wear layers over top of that. We basically cut all the angles so that when we confuse the eyes, so when you look at us, you're like, oh, they look pretty good. But if if actually, if we were like light blue clingy knits and uh, khaki, like tight khaki shorts, we would be like, oh my God, what the fuck? But dude, I see people all the time that seemingly don't give a fuck. I know. I admire it. They are just, I admire it too. I'm like, how are they doing that? I don't know. Because I've always like, dude, even at my thinnest, even when I was like model thin and looking like a goddamn dude that I wanted to fuck. Now, not then. But now if I see a picture of me from like when I was 29, I'm like, I want to fuck that day. Oh, that's me. That I want to fuck. Anyways, even then I was like, mm, I'm, <clears throat> I don't have enough definition or whatever, man. I've just always hated the way I look. Always. I don't have that problem. When I'm thin and I look good, I'm like, yeah, I look good. This, this is things are going well. I've never had it. I've had it maybe two times in my entire fucking life. I well, I I will say I did body for life when I was thirty three, and I lost a lot, and I was actually pretty defined. But even then, dude, that was the best I've ever looked when I was thirty three. And I'd go, I look pretty good, but I could always find flaws. In some ways, it's almost like we don't have the sickness because the 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 um the narcissism, the sickness of like, I mean, just watching these people think they're getting away with admiring themselves in public. They thought they were being real sly, but I could see it because I'm tuned into this thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, they just could not take their eyes away from their own reflection. It's like, people have that. I know a lot of people, you know, we work in fucking show business, bro. How many people do we know that live for that shit? But there's almost a sense where I feel like you and I, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we escaped that because that's poison soup too. No, I, I, dude, I look at myself. I, I look at myself uh, in the mirror. I look at myself like, dude, when I'm when I'm doing my live streams, I'm always checking. Like, I'm always looking at my image to see what I look like, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking looking good, like as good as I can. Not like, oh, I'm looking great, but like, dude, I have the shit. My live stream, 
I've got my camera set up. I've got the lighting set up. I can't look better than I look in my live stream. I can't look better. I tried. <laughs> Dude, you know when you're on stage? When you're on stage, you look 10 pounds thinner and you look five years younger. It's just a fact. So when you see somebody, and taller, you look taller, thinner, and younger. And then I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody on stage and then I'll meet them backstage after the show and I'm like, wait a minute, where is that tall, thin, handsome person I saw on stage? Because this short, stubby, old, ugly person was not the person I saw on stage. It's so weird how that works. That's why we love the stage so much, baby. We love the stage. Get me back. But I will say, but, I, but here's the opposite, dude. When, when they start filming you from all angles. Horrible. Oh my God. That's why all actors stay thin because they they see themselves and they're like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. Well, anytime we would play these shows, you know, there would always be like a either house for talk. We never travel with a content person. So it'd be like a house person. They're always snapping those photos from like 10 feet below you, dude. And I, Ugh. you know, after the gig, they'd always like be like, hey, you know, if you want to look at the photos, they're at www.gofuckyourself, whatever. I'm not looking at the hundred photos you took of me from 10 feet below me because no. I've done this long enough to know they're going to make me look like Cthulhu <laughs> rising from the fucking depths of the ocean. Right. And I don't like to look like that. I already struggle to look like that on my best days. I mean, Cthulhu is a look, but I, it's not what I would call like a real good look. Well, you know, Cthulhu, it goes in and out of style, some sort of sea demon with tendrils and tentacles. But I'm not going for the Cthulhu look. Not 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 fall 2020 at least. I'm not going in getting my hair cut and going, "Hey, what kind of look you want?" And they go, and I'm not saying, "Hmm, I can't decide between Ron Wood or Cthulhu." Dude, how 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 long do you think in my entire life? How many times percentage-wise? This is a guessing game. I know you hate the guessing game, but you know why not? Let's just do it. We've we've it'll never stop. Okay. Here's the guessing game. So, how many times do you think I've gone in to get my hair cut and I've wanted a Ron Wood haircut? We know what that is. The Ron Wood haircut. It's the, the rock it's star. The, it's the rocks. It's yeah. the Rolling Stone yeah. 70s, post 70s cut. Yeah. How many times do you think I've gone into a, 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 a place to get my haircut, percentage wise, and wanted a Ron Wood haircut? All right, for, that's the first part of the question. The first part is wanted the Ron Wood haircut is the first part of the question. How many times, percentage-wise? And then the second part of the question is, and then asked for that cut. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here are the answers to the two All questions right. you put before okay. me. The percentage of the times that you've gone in and wanted the Ron Wood haircut, 100%. Yeah. 100%, exactly. Correct. You are correct on answer number one. Now, answer number two. The times you've actually asked the person in the salon who could deliver that haircut to you? Oh yeah, the times you've uttered the words to your person, zero percent, zero percent, ding, 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 dude, ding, ding, one hundred percent. I like, I like this test. Oh my god, dude, it's so true though. Because I can't, I can't just be like literal. I can't be like, um, what about doing? You can't a just slide that in. Dude, just the idea of saying it is like. I would just think that, I mean, obviously, if I just said it, they'd be like, okay, yeah, that'll be the end of it. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. But yeah. for me, like me asking that to them would be them just going, <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are? You have like a, a cartoonish image of them all laughing so hard and they're pointing and yeah. laughing and then you just have yeah. to leave. Hey, this guy, 
over here wants a Ron Wood haircut. Oh my god, dude. I have uh, a um I have it dialed up. I have a picture of me from like 2015 maybe where I like the picture. I like the I like what's going on a lot. Right. Right. I always have it dialed up in the car. And when I go in, I just show them that. Hey, like, hey, can you just make it look like this? And every time they're like, "Yep." And they usually do. And then I I t- I I use earbuds when I'm getting a haircut as to avoid talking to the people. Dude, I went into a I was on the road somewhere, like in a real sketchy area. Did you get a, I don't know. Did you get a head start haircut in Hartford, Connecticut? It was so yeah, it was someplace like it was super ghetto-y where I was. I can't remember where it was. It might have been DC. It was somewhere where I was just, you know, you walk around where the club is and, yeah. and sometimes they're real sketchy areas. There was a like a, a hair salon and I needed to get a haircut. And I went in there. And it was uh, it was uh, uh, two Korean. Uh, it was a Korean lady and a younger Korean lady in there working, and nobody in there, no customers, nothing. And I was like, "Hey, can I get a haircut?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So I, I sit down, and they're like, what, "What do you want? What do you want?" And so I'm like, well, "Let me let me pull up something." So I pulled up a picture of Keanu Reeves <laughs> in like John like John Wick Keanu Reeves, and I'm like, "How about something like this?" And they're like. Oh, that's nice. That's a that's a nice picture of you. And I'm like, I'm not going to try to do the accent. They had pretty thick accents. And uh, I, I like this picture of you. I'm like, that's not me. That's Keanu Reeves. Like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a good picture of you. And uh, they didn't know who, you, who Keanu Reeves was. So I start cutting. And I look over. At some point, I look over. And the, the younger woman is making spring rolls from scratch. Not five feet from where I'm getting my hair cut. Do you know what spring rolls are? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they are? They're <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what spring rolls are. Yeah, she's making, she's rolling them up. She's rolling up like lettuce and stuff, shrimps and stuff in the hair salon. Now five feet from where I'm getting my chop, 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 chop. And just making a big pile of spring rolls. And at some point, this lady tells me that she sells spring rolls as well. That's part of the family business. But she's getting out of the haircutting business, and she's going to go into uh, the food truck industry. That's her next job because she's tired of cutting people's hair. Wow. Guess how good that haircut was? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Pretty good if it was 1974. Yeah. Like if I'd have walked out of there and it would have been 1974, perfect. Guess what year it was? 1975. 20, 20, 2019. So you had to go play a show with the bad haircut? I had, to go, I had to go play a show. It wasn't, it was bad, dude. It was real bad. When I was in community college, I lived right next to like a, you know, walk-in head start type, you know, sports clips, whatever the fuck, little $20 place. Right. And then I had to immediately go to class. Well, they, they gave me some new person that had probably never cut hair before in their lives. So they just, I just wanted my long hair. It was my long hair now. I was like 19 or 20. But I just wanted it a little shorter. I didn't even know how to tell him that. So this chick just wet my hair, made it all wet and straight and hanging down, and then basically like put a bowl on it and just went just around the edges. (laughs) And all wet, it looked good. Right. No problem. I immediately go to class. As I'm sitting in class, my hair dries. It starts shrinking. (laughs) It it dried into one of the most horrible haircuts 
ever in right. the world. People were literally laughing at me. It would have been a good haircut 1200, uh, <laughs> 1200 AD. Like, but just imagine the horrible dawning. Like, I can't leave. There's like 25 people in class. Right. And it got shitty during the class. Right. Oh, boy, that was rough. I'll tell you the worst haircut I've gotten is during COVID. My wife decided to cut my hair because it was getting crazy long. And I was like, just trim a little off the back. Just trim a little off the back. And she did that same bowl cut treatment where she just was like, she basically went from the bottom of my ear straight across the back. Yeah. In a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck did you just do? I mean, there was chunks of hair like six inches long that she'd cut off. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm not done yet. I'm like, you're done. The damage is done. <laughs> What'd you do? Just had, did you have to go get it fixed? Then I had that haircut for like four weeks. And then finally, I, I called up the lady who, who used to cut my hair. And I was like, hey, are you cutting hair? She's like, we've been cutting hair since May. I'm like, oh. So I went in there and everybody's masked up. And it's in Texas, dude, they don't give a shit. I'm, I'm sure the same's in Nashville. Like, they're all masked up. I put on a mask on. I was in there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, got my hair cut. No, no problem. I need to go do it. I haven't done it <clears throat> on account of COVID. But yeah, Ding. but they're <laughs> <laughs> look out. <laughs> he said it. Bing, bing, bing. You have been fined five hundred dollars. Well, all right. How you doing? Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh yeah, welcome to. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. This is our what? Our thousandth episode. <sighs> I think it's a thousand two. We've been doing this show now for twenty five years. We were both three and four years old when, and then uh, for some reason now I'm 15 years older than you and you're, uh, somehow we've aged differently. It's like in Interstellar, we're, we're close to a black hole and yeah, time is, uh, time is strange. I stepped out of the van for, for 35 seconds. And when I came back in, <laughs> I was 25 years older than you. Yeah. Like, dude, where have you been? Like what? I just stepped out to uh, get a soda pop. <laughs> You've been gone for 25 years, bro. We've and been waiting in this van for you. <laughs> you stepped out and I, I stayed in the van with everybody else. Uh, pretty good. So what's been going on with you? I am pretty excited. Friday, which is two days from now, we record these on Wednesday afternoons. I am launching my Kickstarter for Lunar Satan, which is my satanic oh, nice. space metal project. Oh, cool. And uh, it's written, it's recorded, it's mixed. I paid for all of it out of my own pocket. I, I did almost all of it by myself. And so I'm starting a Kickstarter just to get it pressed on vinyl and cassette. Oh, wow. So if you pledge whatever, 25 bucks, you get... And for our listeners who may not know, I mean, you've done a few records through Kickstarter. You basically just pre-order the album. So I'm not trying yeah. to really make any money at all. I'm just trying to get it, get this project birthed out into the world. So right. I'm real excited about it, dude. It's like out of, out of the probably 600 songs I've written, I've never put out my own thing ever. So I'm excited that the first... And as you know, I write a lot of songs that aren't satanic space metal projects. So I'm excited that this is the first one. So that that happens Friday. If anyone out there is interested in it, you'll find the links on all of our socials. How are you? How are you mastering it? Are you just mastering it yourself? No, I'm I'm having a guy here master it. There's a there's a guy here named Sam Moses that that does vinyl mastering. Yeah, he does mastering. The dude mixing it is my friend Paul Moak. He cut me a bro deal, and then all the players who played on it. Like I don't play drums, but it was basically just my friends played on it. And then I played all the guitars, did all the singing. Mm -hmm. It's it's a totally legit metal project. It's no joke. To, it's I no winky. I feel winky. like yeah, yeah. I can't wait. 
Uh, I can't wait to uh, check it out. Lunar Satan. Uh, is there going to be a link? Yeah, there will how, be links. How do people? That. Yeah, well, I mean, the only w- listen. If you don't follow us on the socials, that's where you're going to find this stuff because we don't do like a mailing list or anything. So, so how does how does somebody who's listening to this follow us on their socials? I don't even know. Is it Bob and Clint on Instagram? Yeah, it's at Bob and Clint because uh, it's impossible to look up. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. It's just impossible. So look up Bob and Clint. Or if you can find us on our individual socials, Bob Schneider and Clint Wells. Everyone should know how to do all this by now. Uh, we're on all that Twitter, Instagram. We're not on Facebook, I don't think, but Twitter and Instagram is where you can find most of the sauce. And then they can sign up for your Kickstarter. Yeah, you can. You can either get the digital download, which is ten bucks. You can basically get a copy of the album, support me, help me get it made. The vinyl is twenty five, and then there's a vinyl cassette tier for thirty five. Damn, so son, it's easy. putting out the cassettes. Putting out the cassette. Yeah, it's super limited too. It's like two hundred vinyl, a hundred of the cassettes. Dude, I remember when I first got to Austin and. I guess 88, 89, somewhere around there. And then the first thing I made was on cassette in 90, I think. And man, having that cassette in my hand with my name of the band on it, with the song titles and stuff. Oh, you still have it? Such a good feeling. Uh, somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Joe Rockhead was the name of the band. Wow. What was the process like in 1990? of getting a cassette made. Did you do it locally in Austin? How yeah, I mean, you- it, oh yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know where I had it made, but the, yeah, that was like the thing. I mean, you 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 just had them made and they they weren't very expensive. I think it was like maybe a buck 25 each. And then you could you could sell them for like 10 bucks or something. They're like 3 350 now a piece, but so the so I'm I'm going through the oh man, it's such a grueling process, but like of just getting all the artwork together for the vinyl. Mm. Yeah. The insert, the sleeve, the spine, the little yeah. J card and the cassette. And I got to say, as much of a pain in the ass as it is for me, just because I'm not an artist in that way, I, it's hard for me to like understand it. I, I have a friend of mine helping me with all the graphic design of the album, but it's they make it easy. I mean, they give you these templates and you just upload, you digitally upload your artwork and they do it all for you. How did you do that in 1990? You had to kind of do it all. Uh, you had to measure it out. It was weird back then. Um, I mean, we had computers back then, but it was real rudimentary stuff. Because um, obviously, like, the, the the format's different on a CD than a tape, and but you want all the angle, you want it to be proportional, and so you would have to do that actual measuring yourself. You would actually what you would do, like I, the last job I had was working at a at an art department at a t shirt company, uh, and that that was the last two jobs I had was was doing that. So. So I was used to mocking up art for t-shirts and stuff. And it's the same process for, for the cassette. And and uh, I never made vinyl, so it was always cassettes or CDs. But you basically, you'd start with a big piece of paper. And it would you, you would get the, the template on a piece of paper. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't do any of it digitally. And then you would, uh, you could print out like you know, print out the the titles and stuff like that, but then you would cut it out and then glue it to this piece of paper. Wow. And uh, you'd do it all that way. Um, and you would do all the colors separately. Um, it was uh, it was a very uh, interesting process. And then eventually you could do four-color processing. I guess you could do four-color processing then, but I, I, I think the first record I made, I cut everything out of stuff called Ruby Lith. So each color had a different, you know, you had to cut it out, kind of the way comic books were made back in the day. Uh, but I, I've always loved making the 
like I love like doing all the spine and doing the lettering and the copyright and putting the barcode and stuff. I love all that stuff. It's Man, so I, much fun. I I have not been having it's. I like thinking about it being done and and looking at it and holding it. But uh, I mean, those are the parts of making putting an album together that I don't think most people think about. That's a real pain in the ass. That I guess if you're Bon Jovi or whatever, just an art department does it. Do you have? Is some of your back catalog stuff coming out on vinyl? Uh, I'm good now. It's coming out. Uh, hopefully before Christmas. That's the plan. Uh, it should be out soon. Um, we just got the master. The whatever, lacquer. The 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 one where you listen to it and you go, okay, everything sounds good. Press it. So yeah. We just, that, so we, I just posted, or Aston, my manager, posted uh, that record being played on his turntable. And uh, people are excited. I've never, I've never had I'm Good to Out. I'm good now. It's never been out on vinyl. And then next year we're putting out Lonely Land on uh, vinyl as well. So what you were referring to is the test pressing test pressing. Yeah. They send, they send a couple of those out just to make sure it's right. Um, What's the status of your new album? Still working on it. I've just been fucking procrastinating because there's no deadline. It comes out in the spring now. So uh, there is a deadline for me to get my shit done by, I've got two weeks, so I'll probably wait about 10 days and then spend the last three days figuring it out. But it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty close. I mean, it's, it's pretty close to done. Of course, I'm already like over it, ready to move on. Yeah. You write so much that a normal, I mean, it takes time to make a great album. It just takes time, but you you write so much that, and I, I'm the same. I don't make the albums, but every Every two months, I'm excited about a new batch of shit I'm doing, for sure. I will say this. I think this record is the best record I've made from beginning to end, with maybe the exception of Lonely Land, but I don't know. I think it's as good as Lonely Land, which was my first record. I mean, I'm Good Now is a great record from beginning to end. There's there's a couple songs on there, though, that that are are good. They're not all great. I feel like all the songs on this new record are pretty great. Are all the songs that end up on your albums, are they all song game songs? Yeah. for Even from Lonely Land? No. So the, I started doing the song game in 20, 2035. And then... Then you got into a time machine and... We did it from 2035 to 2062. Then I got in a time machine and went back to 2001. So Lonely Land came out. I, I recorded Lonely Land in 99. I started doing the song game in 2001. Okay. So 19 years now I've been doing the song game. Now, I'm not saying every song on every record since then has been song game songs, but definitely all the songs from the last 10 years have been song game songs. Mm-hmm. It's so rare that, a, that I'll write a song outside of that. Yeah. What's the new album called? Do you have a title? In a Room Full of Blood with a Sleeping Tiger. I was gonna call it get. I was gonna call it getting older, but then everybody I talked to said, "Don't call it that." And I was like, "Well, that's what I want to call it because that's what I feel like the record's about." But then I realized, in a room full of blood with a sleeping tiger, is the same thing as saying getting older because it's a metaphor for as you get older. I mean, I'm in my mid fifties. I'm fifty five years old. At this point, I do see my eventual death. Like I'm in the slaughterhouse uh, and there's a tiger there that's going to wake up and going to eat me. I don't know 
if it's going to happen in the next five minutes or the next 10 minutes or the next two hours, but eventually it's happening. So it's, you know, I like it. But then, you know, of course, some other people are like, ah, I don't know about that title. Plus, you used blood in your last title. You had blood and bones, and now you want to call it in a row of blood. That's a I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm an artist. I'll do what I want, <laughs> motherfuckers. And I think I'm going to use this really cute picture of my daughter for the cover, which is also kind of weird. It'll be a it'll be a departure. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I of course played a bunch of tasty little licks all over it, so I'm looking forward to yeah, hearing yeah. that too. You're all over that record. Um, we got a split. We've had a good time. The time has flown by. Jesus Christ! I, I tell my daughter all the time. I'm like, you can almost invent a time machine anytime you want. Anytime there's something that you got to wait for, and the wait seems like forever, you can invent a time machine anytime you want by simply having a good time or a bad time. Or a bad a bad time might do it too. You just got to get your mind off it, baby. Have a good time. Have a good combo. Talk about being in a room full of blood with a tiger and the fucking Grim Reaper's coming for you. And he's got his scythe or whatever the fuck you call it. And uh, death comes for us all. Time waits for no man. Boom. There you go. 30 minutes passes. You know how you can make time go by real fast? How? Get old. Get old. Get old. Yeah. It'll start to speed up. You're right next to that black hole. I know. Well, listen, you can write in bobandclint at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. You can support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes. And you can support us on Patreon, which we got some new patrons, but we're going to say hi to them on the next episode. Yeah, we will. And we're going to see you now on The Secret Weekly. For those of you who have the access key, the key to the portal, the skeleton key. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.